a little bit. Is that okay? And um, uh, maybe I'm wearing my suit because it's the church's birthday today. It's the church's official, but not revive, the church, big C, you know. And uh, so I want to just share some thoughts um, about the Holy Spirit, maybe using some Old Testament scriptures to, and just hopefully stir some thinking and then we'll dive in and pray. Is that okay? So if you've got a Bible, Psalm 42. You can head to it on your phone if you're so inclined. Psalm 42, and one of my favorite verses, uh, verses 7. Uh, yeah, in fact, we'll just do verse 7. Deep calls to deep. Anybody know it? Deep calls to deep in the roar of your waterfalls. All your waves and breakers have swept over me. I love that verse. God has the capacity to sweep over us like waves and breakers. He's here in this room. And uh, isn't it an amazing thing to try and get to know God? Just think it through, really. The God who... who uh, He didn't need to take seven days to make the world. He could have just thought a thought or even a semi-thought. And the world would have appeared. Maybe he took his time to show us what process is about. Anybody not like process, wish that God would just be instantaneous. Anybody on my planet. But he, he, he took the processing time. But he has the capacity to simply throw the universe into space. And yet here we are talking about us getting to know him. It is like us trying to get to know a waterfall. I pray that in the next, whatever we've got left, that the waterfall of heaven would just cascade into this place over your heart. Why? Because you need it. How do I know that? Because I need it. We need the roar of his waterfall. Why? Because we need a move. We need a move of God. Um, I remember standing at the top of Victoria Falls on the spot where David Livingston was, was, was uh, about to be captured by headhunters and they all shot their arrows at him and everyone fell to the ground at his feet and he, he tore open his shirt and he said, I'm immortal until God's finished with me. <clears throat> it would be a good joke if the next arrow would have got him, wouldn't it? But it didn't, he survived. Um, but to stand there at Victoria Falls, what is it they call it? I know the meaning. Come on, some South African. The meaning is the smoke that thunders. Anybody know the South African or Zimbabwean name for it? Is there not a South African in the house? Come on. Oh, come on. And it means the smoke that thunders, right? Because as you approach it, there's just this massive mist, this cloud. Now I know what it would have been like to see the cloud of God's glory over the Israelite camp. It's the smoke that thunders. It's the sense that you get around the might of Victoria Falls. And you see these incredible cascading waterfalls and this immense power. I went, went, went better at Niagara Falls when you can actually get on the boat 
quote, made in the mist. Anybody been on made in the mist? And you, you know, you get your silly sou'wester on and you head out. And now instead of standing at the top of the falls, you're actually on a boat at the bottom of the falls with them cascading down towards you. Now you're probably a football field away still, but it feels like they're three meters away. And this immense roar as the upper body of water hits the lower body and there's this roar in the waterfall. And here we find that God is just like that. He is just like an upper body of water that comes and hits a lower place and there is a roar of supernatural sound as all of heaven somehow hits the world that we live in. And that's what happened in Acts chapter 2. We find that God pours out his spirit and hears this waterfall cascading into the church and what you get you get a sound from heaven there's the roar and then you get a sound from the church because trust me the first thing that happens when the Holy Spirit hits your life is you can't stop talking I'm always worried about silent Christians it means they've not got much spirit in them I'm a bit worried about the worshipful mumblers that go no 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 when the spirit of God hits you there's a divine boldness that comes out of your mouth On the day of Pentecost, it was noisy. Do you know what? The crowd came together because of the noise. It wasn't a polite British noise. It wasn't even Welsh. Can you believe it? It was the sound of heaven in the church. Come on. Do we need the sound of heaven? I'm a bit bored of the sound of depression. I'm a bit bored of the sound of COVID. Bored of the sound of Brexit. Anybody with me? Come on, work with me. Bored of the sound of monkeypox. Bored of it all. I want to hear the sound of heaven in the church. I don't want to hear us echo the world. Oh, I'm not sure if I can afford my heating. Jehovah Jireh, my provider. You can heat your home. God. The sound of the world in the church, stinking, doubt-filled, unbelieving, miserable, mumbling, shuffling. I heard there was a few roars last Sunday while I was away. And of course, some of the British, I'm I'm not sure if I like a roar. Listen, I used to live among Jews. There was nothing quiet about Jews and there's nothing Christian about being British. Western sensibilities are not kingdom. Demons came out with a scream. And let me trust you, even if it's not demons, Jews are emotional and Jesus is a Jew. I'm just saying that for the Brits in the room that kind of got a bit nervous at the sound of a roar. I want to be moved by God, not moved by the world. I mean, either this thing is real or let's go home. When you stand on the maid in the mist at the bottom of Niagara Falls and you see this immense body of water hurtling towards you with all of its power and all of its might, all I can think is trying to get to know God is like trying to make friends with Niagara Falls. I I am amazed at his ability to... Make himself tender for us. That really he sounds like a roar. Look through the book of Revelation, nothing about it is very quiet. In fact, it's so distinctive when it goes quiet that they actually have to write about it. But usually there's roars and noise and instruments and sound and thunder and many waters. And 
Our God sounds like many waters. How's about the roar being back in the church? How's about it being more than songs and tidy little rows and bored believers? Come on. Tell you a bit of our church story because some of you haven't been around. There are moments when Pentecost erupts again and we need these moments. We do. And um, it, 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 it's interesting talking to people when you realize, ah, I, I don't think you've ever been in a move of God. Who's been in a revival in this room? Who's been in a... Do you know what? You never long for a meal you've never had. So I totally understand when people think church is singing and sermons and a bit of social action. Thank you. I totally understand it because you never long for a meal you've never had. But listen, once you've tasted the glory of God, you realize all of this is lower level stuff. But boy, when God breaks through, who's ready for a move? Come on, someone. In 2011, we were in one of our 40-day prayer and fasting periods. And I think this time the church took it seriously. Sometimes, you know, you proclaim these things and you know there's maybe six people with you as a leader. That's all right. You know what leadership's like. But we were in a 40-day period. We, I was desperate for God to move. And, and I remember in the August, it was kind of across in August, September time. I remember in the August, some of our youth were down at one event. And it was my job to go and pick one of them up after the meeting, bring them back to Hull. And uh, I turn up to pick up some, some well, one of our youth from, uh, from the one event. And outside the tent where the youth meeting was, were all of, well, I say all, about six of our kids just lying on the grass. It's all field and tents type stuff, completely overwhelmed by the Holy Spirit. Now, listen, I don't mean a courtesy drop. I mean, I go down and got up three seconds later just to get away from the bad breath of the preacher. Chris shared that the other week. He once went down just to get away from the bad breath of the guy praying for him. It's a good idea, isn't it, really? I should think of that more often. These guys were completely overwhelmed. Like Daniel in chapter 10, verse 10, he says, I was on my hands and knees, trembling and short of breath. What had happened, he'd encountered God. Or like John, who fell dead at the sight of Jesus. There are moments when simply God is so overwhelming. Why? Because the waterfall hits the field of our lives. The waterfall hits us. In the days of Wesley, uh, they used to call it being thunderstruck. Don't you like that word? Everybody say thunderstruck. Go on, tell someone next to you, get thunderstruck. Right. Overwhelmed by the presence of God. In the early days of the Sally army, when people were thunderstruck, they literally, people were so overwhelmed by the Spirit of God and could not get up within 10 minutes. It was going to be hours overwhelmed by the Spirit of God because their life had been found in the roar of the waterfall, that epicenter where heaven hits earth and things are transformed within us. So if you go to a good old Sally army church, you'll find shelves along the back wall the size of human bodies. I remember asking 
basket once. What are those shelves for? Oh, when the fire of God was falling, the, the caretaker used to just pick the bodies up and put them on the shelves and lock them in the building and let them out in the morning because they weren't going to get up within a few hours. Anybody here been in a move? So you're never long for a meal you've never tasted. And while we sing we need a move, I know probably half the room has never been in a move. So I'm telling you about a move, and I'm trying to get your smell and your taste buds going for a move of God. Well, I scraped off the floor the one young lad that I was picking up and taking back to his mum and dad and kind of helped him into my car and drove back, and I said... What was going on in there? I mean, who was preaching? It must have been an amazing meeting. said, oh, no, no, we were thrown out of the meeting. It's just like the Spirit of God fell on six of our lads, and they were so overwhelmed, the people running the meeting threw them out. Who knows the first place to throw you out when God moves is the church. It's true all the way through history, and it will be true again today. The first people to walk out the room will be the religious ones that think that God is British. Then there's those who are hungry, saying, we need a move. Bancoli, you've erupted children. You don't need any more moves, okay? You have to practice. Dupe, what's been going on? One trip to Nigeria and he comes back with two. Anyway, no, I'm kidding. Kidding. He doesn't need any more moves. Amen, amen, amen. So the young, young lad says, no, no, no. He was just inebriated. Over. I understand when it says in Acts 2, they thought they were drunk because they were physically overwhelmed. Wesley phrase, thunderstruck. Biblical phrase, I prefer overwhelmed. I never say slain in the spirit. I don't like the term at all. It's not what the spirit's doing. People are just physically overwhelmed. It might not even be what the Spirit's doing. It's just how we respond to the feeling of the Spirit hitting our lives. Some great leaders in revival have never trembled, never, never feel much at all, and yet God's moving all around them. Wesley was a very kind of stoic uh, uh, a preacher. He, he wasn't demonstrative or loud, and yet there was just chaos going on, people falling out of trees. Why? The roar of the waterfall was hitting the field because he preached in the field. Hey, how's about some field preaching? Oh, I was driving through Beverly Westwood the other day, and I just pictured 20,000 people on Beverly Westwood and the glory of God just falling. Come on, someone. But a move always starts with somebody saying, bend me or move me. Or was the Hebridean revival where they were crying out, oh, was the prayer, don't make a fool of me, God? Or was that, that was Evan Roberts, wasn't it? You, you dinner me, you cannot make a fool of me, or something like that. That sounds Scottish, so it must be the Hebridean revival. See, and, 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 and in the Hebridean, I'm jumping around, I don't care, catch up. Um, uh, in the Hebridean revival, when the waterfall hit the island, do you know that islanders, not Christians, all at the same time, in the middle of the night, decided for some reason they had to pick up a chair and carry it to the local chapel because they needed to meet God. And hundreds turned up at one of the chapels, knowing for some reason that there would not be enough seats. So they all brought a seat and revival broke out. You know, in the Hebridean revival, the police force, the police station contacted the local preacher, Duncan Campbell, and said, I've got a problem. The, 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 the 
the police house is full of people in in um, conviction for their souls weeping, and I don't know what to do. I'm a, I'm a policeman, not a preacher. Can you come down? And Duncan Campbell had to turn up and lead them to Christ. When the waterfall hits the field. When the waterfall hits your life. So back to our story. So here you get six completely overwhelmed, inebriated 13, 14-year-olds. And I'm thinking, God, what's this? But something inside me, I didn't really know. I won't pretend to be clever enough after the fact. But something inside me was like, it's like the cloud the size of a man's hand. God, what are you about to do? Well, I think it was 10 days later, we had a conference in the Central Methodist, I think it was called then. And just the glory of God began to be poured out on the church. Well, there were meetings that were nine hours long. People got out of wheelchairs, deaf ears opened. I remember people being on the street outside trying to get in, stopping and just falling over, thunderstruck in the foyer of the church because the glory of God was so strong. It was beautiful. But what was more exciting is on the Monday morning when I went into our Monday morning staff meeting, which was usually about 15 minutes long, there were all the staff overwhelmed by the Spirit of God rolling around on the floor. As soon as I walked in and saw them, the Spirit of God hit my life. I fell over on the floor. About two hours later, I kind of lying on the floor said we actually have some work to do let's not and we carried on it was days later that people like Sandra McKinley who had been in and out of a wheelchair for six years was healed it was months later as the move of God just began to continue that anybody remember Michael Lockwood who turned up to a meeting in a wheelchair, had a stroke, he was deaf in both ears. Young man, probably in his late 20s, I would guess. And um, he got all the way through the evening service and the preacher hadn't prayed for him. But Nigel, who's away this week because he's just started uh, his, his new life and he doesn't want to turn up this Sunday in case people go, what should I do with this cable? He said, no, Nigel, take a few weeks off. Um, uh, Nigel went over and prayed for Michael and, and Michael stood up and then fell over on the floor and like lots of us preachers do when people out of wheelchairs fall on the floor we go oh dear you know um, we actually meant you to walk not fall but but as he fell over his hearing aids fell out and he began to hear and it was verified days later that his he hearing was completely healed by the next day Nigel was telling this over our we had a little farewell lunch for Nigel uh, with the staff the other day. And he was saying the most amazing thing wasn't praying for Michael Lockwood and the moment he walked in the evening. Because that, that was one of those kind of troubled, difficult walks that people that have been in wheelchairs 10 years or whatever generally have. But it was the next day seeing him walk around McDonald with his boys and girls, his family and his wife, just being a normal dad completely healed I remember saying to Michael what's the most profound thing about your healing you know what, what is it what is it to you because we think from the outside it's phenomena it's not at all when you ask Michael he would say it's been able to play football with my sons it's been able to cook a wife uh, a wife <laughs> yes he's now a cannibal which is a work of the spirit actually I'm sure she was tasty peppercorn sauce no been able to cook for my wife just making sure you're with me. Um, I remember our, our young people, Chris was so impacted by that first visit, weren't you? He, you, were, you were so useless, we hired you. 
He's just overwhelmed by the Spirit of God. The Spirit of God hit him. I can't remember how much later it was. Can you remember? Really? Wow. And, um, well, the young people, we stopped counting the amount of deaf ears that opened when we got to about 60 and 70. Mainly prayed for through the 14 and 15-year-olds. Anybody want to sing, I need a move? When's the last time you led someone to Christ? If you can't say the last three months, then I think you need to start screaming out to God, I really need a move. Because you saved me to make disciples of all nations. Come on. Not to sit and sing songs and listen to sermons and feel a bit better about my sin. That I'm still in. We need a move. We stopped counting the amount of people saved when we got over 100 because we realized we were becoming more and more inaccurate. We need a move. Anybody remember the Lizette story? Lizette was healed at the first meeting of, I think, the second Nathan Morris event that we did. And he grabbed her and she got out of a wheelchair. She had arrived in Hull uh, in a wheelchair and she was staying at the new travel lodge Freetown Way and Ferrens Way, that area. And for some reason, all the disabled uh, uh, facilities were, were broke, like the lift and that were broken. So the staff had to physically help her to her room. And she got in and they were saying, so why are you here? Oh, I've come. God is going to heal me this weekend. You watch. That was a Thursday morning. Well, Thursday at two, it would have been. She got into that, that hotel. That evening, she walked back into the hotel, pushing her own wheelchair. The Muslim receptionist gave her life, her life to Christ. Come on, someone. Anybody need a move? This is what Pentecost is. Not, well, it's got a little bit loud. Oh, grow up. Go to Israel if you're worried about noise. Go read the Gospels where they came out with a scream. The clever thing is Jesus also then was able to shut them up. I remember that one. Somebody was, I mean, behind me in a meeting, writhing, and this guttural, weird voice coming out of her mouth. And I was trying to preach, but she wouldn't stop. Well, it inside her wouldn't stop. So in the end, this is, this is, uh, this is very scriptural. I just said, oh, shut up. And she did, and then I could preach. I remember, if you think a couple of screams are interesting, I remember once being in a meeting in Zimbabwe where it was the most demonic meeting I've ever been in in my life. And I preached on 2 Chronicles 7.14. And it was a tent, and there was 200 people packed into this tiny tent just outside Bulawayo in Zimbabwe. And when I finished, and I just felt that I needed to proclaim the name of Jesus over the people in the tent. As I proclaimed the name of Jesus, it was as if, well, it wasn't as if, this is actually what happened. 200 people fell to the ground in one go and began to writhe all over the floor as deliverance was going on throughout the tent. It was an incredible, incredible move of God. If we followed Jesus around for a little bit and saw when the waterfall hit the field, it wouldn't be very Anglican. Be wild. Anybody ready for a bit of wild? I don't want powerless religion. That's what the Pharisees got in trouble for. It was the principles and the rules and the how we like it. And it was about position and power and politics and preference. 
And then Jesus came along. Here we have now a teacher with authority, which means stuff happens when he speaks. Stuff takes place. I want this kind of spirituality that works, don't you? I want a hallmark of my life to be my prayers get answered. Come on. I encounter God. I don't sit with dull eyes and bored lips in a service. I know who God is. That's what I want to be like. Come on, somebody. And I rev- I'm going to slap myself silly to get every bit of flesh and boredom and pride and pharisaical religion out of me so that I can be the real thing, like a little child with my Jesus. Come on. Let the roar hit the field. For three years, it was like waves of a move of God pulsating through the church. As with every other revival, you read the history. What happens is you get an incredible move of God. You get many miracles. You get lots of people saved. And then as happens when you put a fire under impure metals, slowly all the impurities rise to the surface. (laughs) Happens with every move of God. And then the impurities bring things to a halt because God said, okay, it's been good. Now let's work on cleansing. And Revive, can I be honest? We've been in a long period of cleansing and purifying. But I smell rain. You know, when your kid's been naughty and you sit them in the corner. Anybody do that anymore? Zach used to sit himself in the corner. He said, done it again. I'm off. You know, in parenting, you use a range of emotion and interaction, don't you? Otherwise, you're just going to confuse the whole world. God does the same. He says, right now, in a period of discipline, if you read Hebrews, you would recognize that it feels very different when you're in a period of discipline and purifying than when you're in a period of favor and release. But I believe... We're coming to a period of favor and release. And many who have been in a long period of waiting and cleansing and holding will be able to say, I feel as though I've got through the valley of the shadow of death and I'm now going to change my favorite verse to the boundary lines have fallen for me in pleasant places. And eventually you walk out of the valley into something where you smell the roses and you smell the favor. Anybody here had restrictions on your finances? And for some reason, just the favor of God hasn't been there like it was. Uh, Maybe it's because he favored you, but then you squandered what he gave you. So he said, I want to teach you wisdom so that you're good with what I give you. So we go through periods of just being withheld. But I sense this Pentecost Sunday We need to commit our lives to the roar of the waterfall. God, we are a spirit-filled church that believes in miracles. I mean, somebody after the meeting in Market Wheaton the other week left not needing their hearing aid anymore. Praise God. People were delivered. People were healed. There's a lovely bubbling up of healings and salvation going on right now across the church. I'm greedy for more. We need a move. Where does the move come from? The Holy Spirit moving among us. The Holy Spirit stirring among us. Would you just play, Chris? Multi-talented Chris. You could play all three instruments, couldn't you, in one go? Just gather them around you. 
her. Anybody remember Ken Gorman and the three tumors that left his cheek? That was incredible. Proved by um, x-rays. Anybody remember when the BBC turned up because the reports of healings were so common in revival that BBC National got in touch and said, can we come and do a report on the healings and miracles going on in Revive? And they created a program which went out on BBC Two and that went out for BBC Education that every 16-year-old in the land can watch as part of their RE GCSE course on miracles and revelation today in the church. Isn't that incredible? I'm just telling you your story, Revive, because some of you don't know it. Your story's important. So important. Anybody remember in our school when little Alicia Kirby, have I got that name right? Yeah. She broke her ankle. And all the other little six, seven, eight-year-olds gathered around and prayed for her. And when she went back for the second x-ray to put a permanent pot on her leg, they could find no break anymore. She came back to school and took part in the sports day with my son, Zach. Miracles through six, seven, eight, nine-year-olds. That's what happens when the river, when the waterfall hits the field. That's who we're supposed to be. That's our inheritance. Amen. Come on, let's stand together in God's presence. Yeah. <laughs> I remember one healing meeting and it was chaos. There were screams, there were people thunderstruck, people overwhelmed. And this, this little group of 14-year-olds walked up to me with kind of mum and dad. And she obviously had a very damaged hand. And I said it was a Sunday night. I said to her, oh, why have you come? Oh, for my hand. We decided, non-Christian, we decided to come here because you would see us quicker than A&E. That's the kind of church I want to belong to. Listen, biblical statement, live up to what you've already received. Live up, live a life worthy of the calling and to the place you have. I want to ask a tough question right now. Are we backslidden from that place? If we are, then I want your heart to cry out, I need a move. I need the real Christianity. I don't need a show. I need the real thing. Come on, let's pray. Just begin to pray. Pray your heart out to God for a moment. We need a move. Yes, God. God, we need people thunderstruck by your spirit. We need people delivered. We need a church that says, is known for seeing people quicker than A&E. Miracles, signs and wonders, people getting out of wheelchairs again and again. Deaf ears opening again and again. People saved again and again. Lord, we thank you for the stories of your moving in our lives, wherever we've been across the world. And we cry for more. We cry for more. We cry for more. We need a move. Ah, oh, Jesus. Okay, look, we're going to have to get on with it before we run out of time. If you are a desperate person saying, I need a move, and God, I want to put my life in the roar of your waterfall, come out and join me at the front here this morning. Come on. Anybody desperate, anybody longing, anybody, 
anybody because he only comes to those that long. Doesn't come to the religious, doesn't come to the polite, comes to those who long. Come as far forward as you can because we will not have the space for this. We need a move. We need a move. Fill the sides as well. God, 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 God. We know as a church it's our responsibility to live up to who we are. We cannot blame it on the leaders. We can't blame it on the circumstance. God, we want to move in our own hearts where we have responsibility. We want our youth overwhelmed by the Spirit of God. We need to move. We need to move. We need another Pentecost. We need to see people thunderstruck again. So we can take your glory and your presence into schools, into government, into media. As she cared, it's not for better services. It's for better fruit. It's for better harvest. We need to move. We need another Pentecost. Send your fire today. Send your fire today. Send your fire today. Send your fire today. We refuse to live in the lowlands of religiosity, of mediocrity, of powerless Christianity. God, we want to be like your adventurers, like your children, like your sons who thirst and long for the kingdom of God to come to earth. Come and move among us, we pray, that our schools will be filled with glory that our streets would experience your miracles once again, that deaf ears would open, that people would leave wheelchairs. God, that there will be a thick sense of your presence overwhelming us as we gather and overwhelming us in our homes. Spirit of the living God, we need to move. Deep calls to deep in the roar of your waterfalls. All your waves and breakers have swept over me. We need to move. We need to move. We need to move. We need to move. Jesus, we need to move. We need to move. We long for you, Jesus. 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 We long for you. We long for you. Come on, let's have a prayer meeting. Call out to him. Call out to him. Call out to him. Call out to him. We need to move. 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 Jesus, we need to move. Come on, we need to move. 
Ask him to fill you with his Holy Spirit. Deep calls to deep in the roar of your waterfalls. Deep calls to deep in the roar of your waterfalls. Kishele, we need a move. We need a move. We need a move. We need a move. On the day of Pentecost, they were all together in one place.